messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we are here to talk about TV commercials today. The good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. Only nerds drink Diet Coke. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. Uh, what's coming up today on the show, my friend? Well, I've been watching a lot of commercials lately that seem to me to have some faulty logic at play. Um, and Or they're coming from a, a premise that is inherently false. Uh, or they make some assumptions that uh, they shouldn't be making. So that's sort of the organizing principle today. An assumption like nerds drink Diet Coke? Yes. Like, what is that even about? More on that in a moment. <laughs> Plus, we'll check in with the Ad Council. We have a couple of fun jingles, which always gets us excited. And also, um, somebody wrote in with a commercial that I guess uh, contains some... I don't know how to say this, Vives. Implied bestiality. Yeah, I think that's it. That's what that's it is, right? That's the right, right? way to say so it. So it's a commercial from 1990, and yeah. we'll, we'll be looking at that. Yeah, it was a different time. But, but not, not that different when it comes to <laughs> those issues. Don't try to put your modern-day mores on the people <laughs> of the 1990s. All right. Let's start with these confusing commercials that you've put together. There's too many All right, Vives, I just want to listen to that Phil Collins. I know. Actually, this is from We've the... We've been talking um, about this uh, song and artist a lot lately, I yeah, feel like. Yeah, and this is actually technically Genesis. I'm not sharpshooting you here. No, I'm just I, saying I, I, I know. I went to grab it, and I this was one of the very, very first records I ever had as a child, Genesis and Visible Touch. And um, I uh, started... I grabbed the song, and then I just kept listening yeah. to it. It took me back. It's like a great way album. Way back. In too deep, man. <laughs> It'll break your heart in 2020 in the same way it will in 1985. Um, but let's start with that that drop that we played at the beginning of the show. Again, this one Only here. nerds drink Diet Coke. Only nerds drink Diet Coke. I saw this ad in the wild, and it it is wild. It is this Coke, Diet Coke, excuse me, has latched on to some crazy notion that the stereotype about diet coke is that it's for nerds i have you ever heard that you, I, you put a, a note in the show sheet that said you know grab this tape it'll be a good you know beginning drop of the show a shit like this drop and i kind of wasn't grabbing it thinking about the context for this whole show what your whole theme was and i'm just watching the commercial and I'm getting so angry at it. I'm like, what? This whole commercial is based on a premise that only nerds drink Diet Coke? Yes. So the so here's what's happening, and I'll, I'll tee it up, and then we can play the whole ad. We begin with two um, young, attractive women sitting in a diner, and one of them orders a Diet Coke, and her friend, you know, has some snark to deliver. First of all, I know some, there always has to be some inciting incident in a commercial, but when was the last time you ordered a drink? Unless it was like, do you have goat's blood? Like, whatever you order only at a... Only nerds drink goat's only blood. Only nerds drink goat's blood. The last time you ordered a drink at a, at a diner or something, 
did someone did your dining companion turn to you and go like what's wrong with you Iced coffee. We haven't seen, get the fuck out of here. We haven't seen this level of um, of beverage shaming since I'm, that tequila commercial oh, yeah, with, that we talked about five years ago. Right. With, um, was it Ray Liotta? With Ray Liotta, <laughs> he like impugned their manhoods because they weren't drinking a sufficiently. I think it was. They, with, it was Ray Liotta, and they were drinking like Manhattans or something. Yeah, they wanted they some t- girly cocktail, and he wanted them to drink. I don't know, like. Just grain alcohol with a with a chaser of gravel, I think. <laughs> right. So anyway, so again, this is a very uh, beautiful looking classic diner, and um, these two women are are having lunch. You know, some people say only nerds drink Diet Coke. You want to talk nerds? Let's talk nerds. And now we're in montage mode, and we're going to see all these kind of classic nerdy things, starting with some um, guys playing Dungeons and Dragons and doing the the that seventies show. Uh, round camera pan. It wasn't always their day. Laughed at for what they love, their clubs and extracurricular activities. Now you got some LARPing. Yeah. Are the ones who think the things that solve the problems that change the world. But now they're doing science. Result in making chiching. Those nerds do it smarter and do it with a diet coke in hand. Get smart. Drink up. Yeah, so we see like, you know, kid nerds who are into science and then the next thing you know, they're running their own laboratories and solving the world's problems. And, yeah, um, they and, grew up to be Bill Gates. And they're Gates. rich. Yeah, we see uh, a Bill Gates. We see Asian Bill Gates. Yeah. Um, but again, the premise here being that one woman makes fun of the other woman for Are they both a women actually? Coke? You know, I, I oh, glanced I, at know? them and they, they both had long hair and just... Uh, you know, some people. I think, no, I think no, the, I don't think so. I think her dining companion is actually okay. uh, a man. Either way, um, but I just really said it quickly. Yeah. Point being, there's so many confusing and wrong leaps of logic in this ad. Like, why would guys have long hair? Why do guys have long hair? Uh, no, like, who would say that? Who would say that? Who would even think that? Who would think that? This commercial is making me And then me the commercial angry. essentially. Co-signs that point of view, like yeah, yeah n- only nerds drink diet coke. But guess what? Twist. Yeah, nerds you're are right. cool you're now. Right. There's so much. There's so what? much bad logic. Where in here. are we going? Like oh. you got to connect A to B. You can't go like A to triangle. Like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay, have you? Um, all right, have you read the comments? I'm wondering if I, so the, this is pretty new. This is a new commercial. It's, it was just posted in March. There's only six comments on this. And by the way, this is a commercial that was posted directly on Diet Coke's official YouTube page. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times these are just thrown up by sure. fans or whatever. So only six comments. The first one from uh, Mike Cully. Seriously? Diet Coke? I've been in tech for a very, very long time. I don't think I've ever seen anyone working in IT drinking Diet Coke. Plain and simple, we do the do. <laughs> Period. Now that's a stereotype. That is that a I'm willing to co-sign. I still wouldn't be. I still wouldn't believe somebody saying only nerds drink Mountain Dew, but, but you could gamers, see somebody be like, sure. yeah, or like if I ordered a Monster Energy drink, yes. which I have been known to do recently, people do say, "What are you doing drinking a Monster Energy drink?" Yeah, there's, what are you a gamer? Or yeah, and if you if there's a little bit of shaming going on with some of the energy drinks. Um, I'm still against beverage shaming, but mm-hmm. it's not unheard of. But the idea that Diet Coke drink of like, you know, office workers and suburban moms and the ladies who watch the sexy construction dude 
Like that was a Diet right. Coke. It's a Diet Coke time, right? Yes. Like Diet Coke break. Like how about Diet Coke? I thought only horny middle-aged ladies <laughs> drank Diet Coke. <laughs> God, I hope that was at least suggested and then ended up on the uh, I'm more floor. into that. I guess it's because I'm a horny middle-aged lady. I love these. Um, I love these comments. So, okay, a couple more. Here's one from um, another commenter. There's so much wrong with the gaming shot in this commercial. <laughs> yes, gaming pedants, gaming pedants. First of all, they're using a keyboard and mouse in a <laughs> racing game. Realistically, they'd either be using a wheel or just a controller. Also, you'll see that she's pressing the WASD buttons a lot, yet you'll notice the car on the screen is still driving straight. Lastly, who the <laughs> hell would drink Diet Coke when gaming? I love I like it. That. I love everything about that. I love that. That uh, is phenomenal. Uh, Fiona says, false Diet Coke does not make you smarter. False advertising at its finest. <laughs> Fiona, I think you might be missing the point. But then finally, our hero, Nicholas Hayes, comes in three days ago and, and simply comments, no one thinks that. <laughs> Thank you, Nicholas. You are truly a voice of reason. Those are good comments. You know, the weird thing is I actually s sort of visually and even structurally enjoy the ads. And, and I think there are some others that are in this um, in this campaign. I think, you know, they're, the way they're shot, the, the 80s nostalgia, the the progression from like doing your own crazy weird thing. If it's LARPing or it's, you know, D&D &D or, you know, gaming or whatever it is like doing that thing and pursuing your passions and like I think it's a you know it's a great ad for like come to MIT or whatever like MIT should do that you know like mm -hmm. like there's a great you know use case or, or or narrative where like being a nerd you know maybe once upon a time although I actually think the nerd you know nerd nerds being bullied is sort of like I think we're past that um maybe I'm wrong I don't know Get at me, nerds. I mean, I think people are being bullied. I just don't know if it's the classic dichotomy yes. that we're right. Used it's to. like it's not the 1980s version of it. It's other things. I think it's like you know your Insta's not good or whatever. Um, oh, tell me more, young person. Yeah, hello, fellow kids. <laughs> hey, Genevieve. This is my invitation of Genevieve making fun of a child. Hey. Your Insta's not good. <laughs> Your Insta's not good. I'll tell any kid that. Bring it. Hey, we might have a kid on the show next week, by the way. I know. I'm excited. More to come. Like we might have a, might have a, uh, a, a, genuine a young analysis. Young person. And I hope that at some point you turn to this child and say, hey, your Insta's not good. Well, I don't know if their Insta is good. <laughs> well, check it out ahead of time. All right. Um, can I move on to another one? Was I done talking about, oh, just that I think that these Coke ads, these Diet Coke ads are actually well made. Mm -hmm. They're just, the logic is so hilariously out of, out of the blue bonkers. Yeah. It makes me angry. Yeah, yeah, I it can really tell does. you were mad. Um, okay, so this next one we've talked about before. Uh, it was a Super Bowl commercial, um, just this uh, past Super Bowl 2020, I guess. Um, but it came up today very briefly on TBTL because I just, I, st I cannot get over how bad of an idea this is now logically is for a commercial for this product. And is, is the fact that the product is absolutely, uh, well, I, I just have sort of some personal animus towards mm -hmm. this product. Is that clouding your 
your judgment about their campaign at I'm all. wondering if we're I, I, I'm almost wondering if we should reverse that a little bit so the the product is quibi right, right. this was a this was a new platform that was rolled out I think around the time of the Super Bowl actually yeah because this was a teaser commercial before it was available That's right. and the idea was this is high quality content uh, often uh, created by or starring names that you know sure. but all content that is 10 minutes or shorter so you might say hey we're all used to small bits of content. I mean, look at TikTok or Vine before that or even Twitter your or whatever. Your TikTok is bad. That's another thing you can say to hey, a young person. Your TikTok is bad. Your TikTok is bad. But not like bad in the way we used to say bad means cool. Not like the way Michael Jackson meant it. That's right. Although he ended up really being bad. Yeah, in the way that I'm meaning it when I say that your, <laughs> your TikTok, TikTok is, is bad. bad. <laughs> Um, so the idea with Quibi is, yeah, yeah, you guys all like your short form entertainment, but we're going to make like really good short form entertainment, professional grade short form entertainment. Yes, which, we're going to get your Reno nine, Reno's 911. Right. Your it, Chrissy Teigen. That's right. And um, I saw that um, Sarah Cooper, the comedian who's yeah. blowing up right now because of her, her uh, well, because of her TikToks, which are bad, but in the way that Michael Jackson meant it. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, so there are some compelling things on there, certainly, that I would watch if they were available. Uh, Honestly, I'd me. watch them. There's this one that they keep advertising that's, um, I think it's Chris Hemsworth, where he's being hunted. The most, It's a remake of The Most Dangerous Game. You know, some rich Christoph Waltz character wants to hunt, uh, you know, this dude for money. Mm -hmm. And that's like a story that I find, I always find it an interesting story mm -hmm. to be told and I like those actors and I would tune in for it but I was like ugh I don't want to tune in for just like first of all I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna pay the money right. but like I would I'm not even I'm legitimately not even interested in it in bites that short yeah exactly because it, I am a television addict right. I mean that maybe they're not talking to me so so that's the premise of this. Now, everybody is dunking on Quibi so bad on social media these days for all kinds of... It almost seems irrational, like the people's hatred of it, but it, they're so tone deaf. Yes. And this is why I say it's almost like I, I think that this commercial might have helped set the tone of hatred because they don't know what message they're trying to put out there. Uh, I don't know, a month and a half ago, Quibi made a lot of news because the the founders and uh, people behind it were interviewed and they're just like, yeah, it's not super successful right now. But w what was it? They were like, they we blamed, wouldn't do anything different. First they blamed of all, the they blamed the pandemic because uh, somehow people have are not don't have time to watch right. their short form short form videos even though tiktok seems to be doing fine the pandemic has made people so not busy that they don't have time to yeah. watch short form entertainment yeah and they like got and they were very pissy about it and like just sort of it was like well your thing's not working why do you think that is well i think your thing's not working <laughs> yeah, and why do you think that is right. and i was like okay that's not a helpful response and so now let's rewind even before that again going back to february when they released this first when we first started um you know knowing what quibi is and using the now universal phrase please give me a quibi um <laughs> the funniest please wait a quibi i should say <laughs> the funniest thing i've seen on i forget who said this i feel like it's someone i might even actually know in real life but they they tweeted I think Quibi might stand for quickest waste of a billion dollars. <laughs> That's pretty good. So their original commercial, though, and keep in mind, you don't know what the product is. It's a big reveal at the end of this thing, and I'll play it for you. This is a 30-second version, which I think was the version that aired during the big game. Um, but we see that there's a 
bank robbery going on, and the three uh, guys who are heisting the bank all kind of rush out, and they realize their ride isn't there. Their getaway driver is supposed to be there picking them up. And then we cut to a guy in a van, presumably around the corner or a block away, and he has not come to pick them up yet because he's still finishing a quibby. Where's the car? Greg, where are you? I'll be there in a quibby. A what? A quibby. Less than 10 minutes. <laughs> so then Thanks, one of the Dad, bank yeah. robbers uh, pulls up his mask, reveals his face, and starts watching uh, some quibby content by uh, Chance the Rapper. Then it says episodes Quick in 10 bite. minutes or less. Big stories. And then he gets distracted, and then the two of the other guys run off, and as we hear sirens in the background. So the Break whole it down for point, me, Andrew. <laughs> the whole point of Quibi is we lead this fast-paced lifestyle. We don't have time to sit down for a full half hour right. or we, 60 minutes we've of We've got content. 10 minutes while, this, while we wait right. for the subway. But why, then, would you make the whole point of this commercial that somebody is running late because they're watching the short-form content? I agree. That doesn't make sense. Make him watch a full-length show, and then the the bank robbers could be like, dude, you should have gotten a Quibi. Dude, you got a Quibi. Yes. <laughs> dude, right. you bought a Quibi. Have, have him do the the uh, the alternate case. Where he's late for something very important because, because the he's content trying to watch a whole episode his of lifestyle. Right. Yes. The whole point of Quibi is you should be there on time because you were choosing Quibi content, which won't keep... It's so infuriating, Or Genevieve. come up with a scenario where... He had where someone has exactly ten minutes yeah. that they have to kill, and this is the perfect solution for it. You know, like you can show the, you can show the dreadful alternative, or you can show, uh, you know, the the great use case for it. But to show it as an actual thing that frustrates its own ends is so stupid. I'm looking for another good. I'm also like to... kind of done with bank heist commercials. I'm a little over it as a trope. I mean, I'm not saying it can never be done well again. A but trope in commercials yes. specifically, or yeah, no, in, I'll watch all the heist movies. Would you watch a Quibi about a bank heist? I won't watch any Quibbies. Okay. I've already said. Um, I but like, there have been so many bank heist commercials, and I just think you're never going to beat the one with for Snickers where the lady says, "Oh yeah, Pete Zacharine, is, is that you?" That's funny, yeah. Although is that I felt like wasn't that it's an one, armored truck heist? Yeah, wasn't that one kind? Of, didn't we say that had a bit of faulty logic as well that commercial be well i guess it was just a change in that campaign because the whole point originally was you would have somebody who is a very famous cantankerous sure. person like roseanne barr spouting off around a bunch of normal people then somebody would offer her a Snickers, she would take a bite and then we'd realize oh it wasn't roseanne barr it was just another normal person acting outrageous like she yeah but was. i don't mind the evolution of that campaign i think i think the idea that you know when you're hungry you make you become something that's not your your ideal. You're, you don't live right. your best life. It was the Johnny Manziel one of that that made no sense. Kind of reversed they, they it. They reversed yeah. it. Yeah. So anyway, um, okay. So that was my that was kind of my one contribution. My one contribution to this show today was a commercial that I've already complained about, and I got to complain about it again. It's all right. Um, okay. So now, what is I had not. This seen is going to be a complainy show. Yeah. I guess like I guess if you're here, it's too late. But strap in. A lot of G's. <laughs> or, or no, we don't call them that. Admonishment. Admonishment. So what are Kane 11 socks? Okay, this is just making me crazy. And maybe I built, maybe I started with this sh 
Kane 11 socks commercial and tried to build a show around <laughs> it. Um, but I'm honestly baffled by it. And I, I went all over the internet trying to find someone who was equally baffled by it and couldn't find it. So maybe I'm maybe I'm the crazy person. Okay. Maybe every maybe the pig face is what everyone likes to look at. It's the Twilight Zone. Reference. Oh right. Yeah. Um, but so Kane. Thought you were just beating up on my friend Genevieve. <laughs> sort of a <laughs> sort of a circuitous way into a very old Twilight Zone <laughs> reference. Um, but Kane Eleven Socks is a is a new sock startup. Um, that has a revolutionary idea in sock technology. But this is not a we build a sock factory in Germany commercial. So no, that's it's good. it's not that. It's a whole new thing. Um, and they have two. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna share two with you. They're basically the exact same ad except with a f- uh, female uh, model slash actress and then a male model actor. You're gonna hear the voiceover explain what the pitch of sock of Kane Eleven socks is, and what you're seeing is a white room. This could be good for our Void commercial. Oh, yeah. Void show. Um, she's wearing just under, like, just sort of like underpants or like little sort of, you know, kind of like boy short underpants and a white dress shirt. And she's otherwise, uh, all she's wearing is a pair of these socks. And she's dancing around just having a great old time. Wouldn't you say that this vibe is very reminiscent of Tom Cruise's famous Star Trek where he's wearing a white She's wearing a white button-down shirt that's hanging low and yeah. kind of covering a pair of short shorts that she has on while she's dancing and sliding around in her socks. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it evokes that a little bit because of the white shirt and the no pants. And um, the sliding around on socks. Yeah, I suppose so. But it's not, they're not, they're not aping it. It's not a parody. No, it's not that. a parody like the pizza commercial is. Right. But I mean, it's clearly, it's not a coincidence, I would say, that she's wearing that shirt, right? There's no way, like, in the... When they're putting together the a creative direction sure, for Sure, somebody thought of that. Yeah. So, okay, here, here's the commercial. We've been telling you about how comfortable Can 11 socks are for a while now. You know, the socks that come in individual sizes to fit each individual size foot. But we thought it would be so much better to show you what Can 11 comfort really feels like. The moment you slide these on, you know you're wearing something new. After all, your feet come in individual sizes. Shouldn't your socks? It's a feeling your feet have never felt before that's earned us the reputation, the most comfortable socks in the world. At Kane 11, our socks come in 11 individual sizes for men and seven for women. Great colors and looks to fit everyone's lifestyle. You wanna know what they really feel like? Yeah, kinda like that. So go to Kane11.com and save 20% off your first order. And at Kane 11, we always ship for free. Only available at Kane11.com. See you there. Walk the world with me. So, were socks not working for people? Am I the only person that thinks it's utter insanity to pay more for a sock that is individually sized to your foot? I mean, did you Google our feet different sizes? I know feet are different sizes, that Andrew. That is true. Because I, I didn't even know that, but it seems to me that shoes would be a bigger problem, not socks. What do you mean? No, no I mean, in, like, the whole premise of this is... I know is, shoes come in different sizes. No, no, the whole point is individual sizes, though. Your left foot might be a different size than your right foot. That's what they're selling here. No, they're selling, like, you wear a size... I wear a size 7 shoe, so you get a size 7 sock. We've been telling you about how comfortable Can 11 socks are for a while now. 
you know, the socks that come in individual sizes. Individual to fit each sizes. Individual size foot. Each individual but we size it would be foot. So much better to show you what Kane Eleven it's, Comfort. But my, my my point still stands. I just don't think this. I don't understand how you could possibly need. And also, most people's feet are close enough in size that it's not going to be a whole size different. I feel bad for the people who there are people who have a different size shoe, like because you really can't. The only thing you can do is go to the shoe store, switch it out for the right size that's, you know, for like the seven plus the seven and a half and hope they don't look. But they always do. Yeah, no, I mean that because I didn't know this was a phenomenon until I saw this commercial when you posted it. And I thought, well, I don't, you know, if this is a real thing, I didn't know about it. But if it is true, well, then, yeah, I'd start a shoe company because socks are stretchy. Because socks are stretchy. And also most people are not going in and buying like a seven, a size seven sock for their right foot and a size seven and a half sock for their left foot. They're buying two size seven socks because they wear a size seven shoe. That's insanity. That's like buying a specific size scrunchie. I mean, I'm being all, you know, I'm being all high and mighty. Am I wrong? Are they not? Uh, is I mean, this I hear what a, you're saying. I, I mean, maybe. Is that right, though? Am I, am I totally wrong about this? They say, uh, are they just selling a pair of size seven socks, not a size seven and a size six? Well, I don't know if you can if you can mix and match, which oh, I think would be even, even more was. insane. Oh, I mean, I thought that that I only know it from this commercial that you posted. So I thought for sure that um, that's what they were saying. And now I'm now I'm let's see here. So here I can shop men's socks. I'm going to get a size 13. And then, um, yeah, there is no indication. I'm totally wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, so you can't even mix and match. You can't mix and match. I thought that was the whole point of this commercial. First of all, I'm sorry for yelling at you. But didn't the commercial sound like they were saying? Well, they do say each individual foot, which might be a little bit confusing. But all of that is completely irrelevant because sized socks cannot be a need that we need to fill in our society. Right. Socks fit we have everyone has socks that fit like and I would love to I would love for someone to tell me why I'm wrong here because everywhere I looked like GQ says this is the must-have luxury item of the Mm. you know of this year and like talk to consumer you know gadget tester about his Mm. new favorite pair of socks so I mean you know people who get paid to like you know novel novel things in you know new innovations uh, I maybe are, are not the audience, you know, that I'm thinking of here, but like I couldn't find anyone who had written even a blog post or even like a a YouTube comment saying like, am I taking crazy pills? This seems completely unnecessary. Okay, here's the one thing that I will push back on a tiny bit here because now that I'm looking at this now, <laughs> you know me, like my sock consumption is pretty straightforward. If I'm not wearing shorts, I'm just wearing Argyle socks at all times right. like with, with pants, right? Um, but of course I, I have never liked modern socks. These like no show socks, these ones that only come up, you know, like just to your ankle or below. Sure, And I do like them because I wear some loafers where I like to look like I'm barefoot in the loafer, but I don't want to be barefoot in the loafer. And I I don't like them. I really dislike the way they, I mean, they're the majority of socks right now. I'm just an old man, but, um, I, I, I don't like them. And the, uh, one time that I did have a pair of them, they did not fit my foot because like (laughs) when I had just regular, like Argyle socks, it doesn't matter. There's plenty of give there. I can pull it up a certain amount, but with these that are more customizable to the foot, because I have a larger foot, like I, I could barely get them over my heel sort of and they yeah. would and there's that whole but, like yeah, no slip sock huge, thing just because you have freakishly large feet well but okay but i mean that would be if i was somebody who liked these kinds of socks and then 
I can't find any that can These do get go over, up to a crazy size. They go up to size 17, which right? Which is bananas. And I'm a size 13, which is on the larger side, but it's but it's very have accessible. Have you ever even seen a size 17 at a shoe store? 13s no. have like the special like neon label, like freak size. Yeah. Um, I will say I also don't like this commercial. I just don't like this commercial. Like I really hate this dancing woman for some reason. I didn't really like it either. I thought yeah. it was just off-putting. She plays air guitar. I think I'm going to be pretty hard-pressed to... Uh, like any commercial where somebody plays air guitar. Well, let's watch the one with the man okay. because for some weird reason, it didn't bother me as much. Oh, is he hot? I haven't uh, watched really this one. He's really my type. Oh, yeah. right. I've been telling you about how comfortable Kane 11 socks are for a while now. You know, the socks that come in individual sizes to fit each individual size foot perfectly. But we thought it'd be so much better to show you what Kane 11 comfort really feels like. And now this guy's also wearing like the white shirt mm-hmm. with boxers and he has a tie. But he's doing he's also doing some pretty goofy dances. But he's very cute. It's a feeling your feet have never felt before that's earned us the reputation, the most comfortable sock in the world. At Kane 11, our socks come in 11 individual sizes for men. I can't copy. believe how wrong I was before, especially in how adamant I was. But I think that copy line, I, if I can defend myself a little bit, for each individual foot made me think that they were specifically saying, like, all of our feet are different. I feel like they would have That's spelled that out more. writing. Well, in the way the, the socks were laid out, like, kind of, like... Next to each other, it seemed like the one was a little bit smaller. Well, than I the like other. your idea for a crazy, unnecessary sock startup. Well, I really thought I'm like, is this a thing? Are people out there like struggling? And then I thought, well, what about the shoes? I actually think that would be kind of an interesting company. Like we make shoes. They're great shoes. And you can order whatever size you want for yeah. your left foot and whatever size you want for your right foot. And we'll send it to you. I actually think that's actually probably scalable as a you know, a non brick and mortar business. Now, do you think that there are a lot of people that have different size, like left and right feet? Because that's right. would, not would there something be that enough I've experienced people. myself. Yeah. I have different size feet to the degree that in a if a shoe is tight on one on my right foot, it'll be a little mm. more comfortable on my left foot. Like I recently they make this spray that you can, it's like basically just alcohol that you can spray on a leather shoe and then you either put it in a shoe stretcher or you wear it around. Mm. You see me clomping around in my Everlane oh, yeah. loafers like for no reason the other day. Yeah, because one of them didn't fit quite as well. Yeah, well, one of the, they neither of them fit perfectly. So I wanted to stretch them out a little bit and I stretched out the left one easily because it didn't have much too far to go. But the right one I had to keep wearing. So I just walked in circles. I feel um, chagrined. Uh, and I am embarrassed, so I am not going to give my opinion at all the rest of the show. <laughs> well, I think we came up with an interesting business idea. Well, maybe that is true. We do have our next uh, business opportunity in front of us, but uh, I will uh, cede the rest of my otherwise time to you. What else do you have <laughs> on the, on the um, show sheet? All right. Well, this is, um, again, faulty logic may be a little bit of a misnomer here, but this, has been a, this is a commercial that's been bothering me. Um, I don't watch a lot of food television, you know, cooking shows, celebrity chefs, their various adventures, people versus food, any of those, right? Yeah, right. Like, I don't really watch any of that stuff. But I, one thing I do know is that Gordon Ramsay has built his brand on being a right prick. Um, and, you know, he's the he's Hell's Kitchen dude. There's a bunch of other shows that it seemed like they're spinoffs of that where he just, like, yells at people who aren't good at food making or Mm -hmm. restaurant owning um so i was 
and and I and I want to say quickly. I know I'm behind the curve on this because I didn't realize that his new show Uncharted has now is now in its second season. Mm-hmm, yeah. So this is old news. But apparent. But but I had the same thought when I first became aware of it that many people did when it first launched, which was, you are totally biting biting. Rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain's rhyme here. Like mm-hmm. this is Anthony Bourdain's thing. Like he would with com- with his like beautiful spirit and compassion like Anthony Bourdain went all over the world and really like communed with people and other cultures and got to know their culture through food and and also in like lots of other ways but I mean if there's one of those chef guys that I sort of had a a good feeling about it was Anthony Bourdain oh yeah definitely and you know it was such a tragedy um that that he died but it feels like so then it feels like okay well you know, Anthony Bourdain's dead. I guess there's like some uh, there's a vacuum in the the food journalism or food celebrity universe. Uh, like Gordon Ramsay just jumped up to fill it, which seems totally off brand for him. Um, and that's exactly what people said. So this show that he does, Uncharted, is exactly that premise. He goes to uh, remote places and learns about the food there, and then has some sort of competition at the end where I guess he tries to like out. Brazil, the Brazilians or whatever. I'm not exactly clear on what the competition is. It sounds stupid. Um, so why don't you play this? This is the promo for uh, the newest season with the second season of this show. This has to be the creme de la creme. National Geographic and Gordon Ramsay know the best way to connect with the world oh my Lord. is to cook with the world. Honestly, what a gorgeous place. And while you're at it, Maybe try bull riding. It's like this jolt. Cayman hunting. This is insane. Heli repelling. Oh my god. Tarantula grilling. Cover snack. That's a snack. <laughs> Global adventures like food are better with spice. My lips are so numb I'm dribbling. You want some water? <coughs> Less is more. That's what I'm starting to understand. Gordon's back on National Geographic, feasting his way through all new locations. Let's go. And he's every bit the explorer. That was definitely in uncharted waters. It's delicious. I'll tell you when to run away. I think I'll get this side of you, just in case. Gordon Ramsay Uncharted. New season Sunday, June 7th at 10 on National Geographic. So first of all, it does, even just from that commercial, which presumably is like their best foot forward, feels like he's exoticizing the people that he's, you know, meeting and, Mm -hmm. and learning from. Um, but this is from back when the show was launched um, on Twitter. Someone said that Ramsey is the opposite of the late Anthony Bourdain, who brought his compassionate nature to the world through his series, Parts Unknown. Uh, and other fans had similar reaction, calling the show a horrible idea. You'll be shocked to learn that Gordon Ramsey, who has built his whole brand on being, uh, you know, open to new ideas, really open to new ideas, uh, really didn't take this criticism in stride. This is what he had to say. God, the feeble warriors that sit in their dungeons and spout negativity without... Oh, you started with the British accent and then you let it go. I can't do the whole thing. (laughs) I was really excited there for a second. Just imagine it with his dumb British accent. Okay. Um, Without understanding what we're doing. I've been doing assertive, combustial... Excuse me? Combustial shows since 2006, since I started the F word. Whether it's diving for giant crab or hanging off a 500 meter cliff chasing puffins. Why are you Please chasing puffins? Please don't chase the puffins, S- sir, 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 sir. Please we have do to, not we've chase asked the you, puffins. Do not chase the puffins, sir. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> 
So I've been on that level of exploration and understanding those cultures. What? I'm a chef that needs to get motivated by understanding different cultures. I helicoptered into Nagaland, 50 kilometers from the Burmese border in northern India, and cooked at a wedding. In order to get accepted into that wedding, I had to buy a fucking buffalo. That was 12 years ago. None of that... No, you are none of that makes the case for why you should be doing this. That, like you literally helicoptered in. Isn't that an expression for somebody who doesn't right. like, take in the culture? <laughs> exactly. You helicopter you in, it in, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, I helicoptered in." Right, exactly. I mean, it, he. I feel like he's making the case in every word he says about like it's all about his ego. It's all about his, um, you know, his entitlement to other cultures and other cultures' food. Um, and then when he was asked about whether Anthony Bourdain would have approved of him doing essentially just sort of like trying to do exactly the same show that Bourdain did. Um, He says, Tony Bourdain was a great mate of mine. We were on the red carpet together last year. God, God, please don't ever. If someone ever needs to, if you ever need to prove that you were friends with somebody, don't don't open with, we were on a red carpet together. At the Emmys, right? At the Emmys. I think he'd be happy and impressed at Uncharted's level of jeopardy and jumping into these places. Brazil, Peru, Alaska. Alaska? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I'm sure Anthony would be so impressed that you went to Alaska. Alaska. Ooh. Um, and then this is my favorite chaser to this story, um, and which is not a story so much as uh, me just sort of being irritated at uh, Gordon Ramsay. This is something that Bourdain said about Gordon Ramsay. I like Gordon. Gordon's actually a really sweet guy. A sweet, Gordon's actually a really sweet, nice guy. I hate Hell's Kitchen. I thought that show was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting that the show, um, it, you know, it's not the same thing Bourdain did. Of course not. But we just decided to wait until after his untimely death sure. to produce this show. Yeah, we always were planning to do this. I mean, I've been, like, buying fucking buffaloes for 12 years. I've been chasing puffins out of a Burger King forever. <laughs> There, you puffins, get out of that Burger King. <laughs> There's, there are the accents back. <laughs> so faulty logic. I don't know. I mean, the logic is he. His logic is he wants to make yeah. some more of that sweet, sweet money. Yeah. Um, but I don't think anyone was agitating for this this version of his um, particular brand. And I'm really disappointed in National Geographic for getting on board with him. Yeah, yeah. Although I'm sure it's dollar signs to them. Yeah, no, I'm sure they... I'm, obviously, it's gotten a second season, so yeah, must yeah. be doing well. Now, this last one on your list, actually, I have no idea what you're going to say about it or what your problem <laughs> is about it. I'm not even joking. I, I know, I've i watched the commercial. I've seen it in the wild. I rewatch it today. Yeah. And I'm not sure how this last commercial... I'm looking forward to the rant. <laughs> Well, in a certain way, it's kind of on along the same lines or the same uh, contention that you have with the Quibi ad in that I think it is a weirdly bad ad for the service that they provide. So this is a Geico ad. We've talked about this um, series that they've done before. They did the uh, We've Got a Rat Problem where the band oh, Rat yeah. is hanging out in their in their house. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one. Um, we've got a clogging problem where there's a bunch of sort of Amish-seeming cloggers that live above the their apartment, and mm-hmm. you can hear it all the time. So this is the same, uh, same basic premise or same setup for the joke. I want to 
note that the dude, the husband in this, I'm pretty sure is the guy who was in that kayak ad with Malcolm Barrett that we talked about. Where Malcolm oh, the Barrett, bike one? He's the guy with the bike? He's the guy with the bike, I oh. think. I think. I couldn't. I didn't actually. I wouldn't recognize it, but that that's interesting. He definitely has a familiar face. Yeah, he's like, you know, pretty average white guy. Mm-hmm. So he and his wife uh, are standing on their lawn in what looks like a fairly upscale um, sort of subdivision. And they clearly have a homeowners association. So they're talking about what it's been like moving into their new house, except for the uh, sort of overzealousness of particularly one person on their in their homeowners association. Oh, we love our new home. Neighborhood's great. Amazing school district. The HOA has been very involved. These shrubs aren't board approved. You need to break down your cardboard. Thank you. Violation. Violation. She's she's using um like hedge trimmers just to cut down the hanging plant baskets, which right. is kind of a funny visual. I see you've met Cynthia. At least Geico makes bundling our home and car insurance easy. And does help us save a bunch of money. Now Cynthia is using a chainsaw to cut the the post of their mailbox. Right. Right in half, just cutting their mailbox off. Two inches over regulation. Thanks, Cynthia. For bundling made easy, go to Geico.com. So for me, I look at this as a commercial that's kind of pointing out the ridiculousness of homeowner associations. It's tangentially related, but mostly it's just kind of a bit in they're trying to sell their home insurance. But what's the faulty logic? Well, I, I want to say first, I think it's a funny commercial. Mm-hmm. And I think all the performances are good. I especially like Cynthia, the head of the homeowner association. I think she does a great she does a great job like doing all of the stuff that, that mm-hmm. that's irritating these these homeowners. And I even like the neighbor who says, I see you met Cynthia. Mm-hmm. Like, now it's your turn to be in her sights. But unlike the, we've got a rat problem, we've got a clogging problem, which kind of pl- is a play on words and is also yeah. not a real thing, right? Like, it's totally, fa- it's in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, homeowners associations are very real and they are very intrusive and I, like I you, like you have parents that have a homeowners association. I've heard several things from them about, like, oh yeah, we couldn't get the we couldn't do the thing we wanted to do with our property because the homeowners association has all these very like, you know, sort of intrusive and overly strict rules about what the neighborhood can look like. In their neighbor's defense, though, also. I've heard my parents like tisk tisk other neighbors for breaking those rules. Like, well, technically, Joey. Well, it's not all terrible. To have They're the all thing. bad. <laughs> they should all go. To I don't jail. like homeowners associations. I hate them, and I think maybe that's what's driving my rant about yeah. this in in particular. Like sometimes when I like, I imagine shopping for like a, a house like that you and I might buy, or like some some property that we might buy. Just we don't really have the money, but you know, like just pretending. Um, I always in my in fantasy home shopping, I check the box that says no HOAs. Oh, yeah. I would, I would never, never. I would never. I would never. Nerver. Yeah, so I would never. So I really hate HOAs as a concept. I also think that they enforce a lot of probably really terrible shit. Um, but as I think about these ads, which are in a, some, in a certain way about selling the idea of home ownership, they are undercutting their own message with, with a thing that's a real legitimate reason not to buy a particular home as opposed to the rat which is a right. joke i'm not worried that if right. i buy a, a a condo or rent an apartment that a band will take up residence in my crawl mm-hmm. space like if they said well we do have 
the one thing is we have an HOA, and then HOA stood for something else, or if there was a band called HOA yes. or something. Yeah, no, I think there's a, yeah, exactly, and I don't know what that, you know, what that pun or, or wordplay mm-hmm. would be, but I think there's, that would be, to me, a more fun way of doing this ad. They Again, show a I, horse on an apple, and it's horse on apple. And it's like, what? No. Yeah. sorry, that's stupid. No, and I shouldn't Let say me fun. Ask you this, I thought it was again. I think it's a good ad in terms of performances and jokes. I just think it's like it just works against its own interests in a certain way. Would it have stood out to you if you weren't familiar with the other two that are very specific? We are making a play on words here, and this one doesn't deliver on that. Well, I think I still would have th- had the thought of like, wow, that my big takeaway from this ad is. Uh, don't buy a house. Let's not buy a, a house. Yeah. Let's get renter's insurance. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. I could have come up with something so much better than a horse on Apple. I'm really bummed about that, but let's move on. Uh, we were doing a whole bunch of commercials about robots I can't think of anything week. better than a horse on Apple. <laughs> we I'd have like, a real HOA problem. Now I'd like to see that. <laughs> that would be a problem. That'd be a blessing. <laughs> um, so I'm going to set this up and then I'll let you read Ian's email here, but um, I think it was last week or the week before we did a show that all looked uh, specifically and exclusively at robots in commercials. Yep. And uh, there was an old uh, Charmin commercial from, I want to say the 1970s, uh, maybe even 60s with Mr. Whipple, the don't squeeze the Charmin guy. That's right. And he's always yelling at the shoppers for squeezing the Charmin, but they can't stop because it's so soft. Um, and in this one, there was a big old-timey sci-fi looking robot that people online uh, said was basically, uh, is it Robbie the robot? Who I think was it's like a, Robbie. Kind of a classic um, robot that was used in a lot of sci-fi uh, movies and other things in the 1960s. And so I uh, identified this robot as a kind of off-brand Robbie the Robot. Yeah, and I I also called myself a a space pedant because I get irritated when uh, any dramas that are taking place in space don't follow the physics laws that would apply Mm -hmm. in a zero-gravity vacuum environment. Yeah. Uh, So this is from listener Ian who writes, Hey there, just had to write, since we are all space pedants here, um, that the Charmin robot may look like Robbie the Robot, but is a rank imposter. What? It is hard for me to understand why they took the cool and sophisticated Robbie and turned him into such a clinking, clattering cacophony of collagenous cogs and camshafts. Whoa, Ian. You clinking, clanking, clattering collection of collagenous junk. Uh, especially at a time when people would still remember the real Robbie. Um, actually surprised that there are no classic commercials featuring him. Um, so I don't really know much about the real Robbie, uh, but he uh, Ian sends us a clip from Forbidden Planet, which he says is a worthwhile watch, by the way, and loosely based on The Tempest. So, And there's also an early glimpse of Leslie Nielsen, and I challenge you to spot Leslie Nielsen even knowing that. So if you, if you want to play this clip from Forbidden Planet, um, it's just kind of funny to hear these uh, Earth, Earth men who I assume have been stranded on this planet uh, interacting with Robbie the Robot for the first time. So the robot's like in a vehicle and it kind of like uh, walks toward them in a very jerky way. It looks like the way I was walking when I hurt my back recently. And it is, in fact, a more sleek looking, it's still chunky, but it's more sleek than whatever that junk was that was in the Charmin ad. 
and it's got those sort of like bulbous ball stacked legs. Welcome to Altair 4, gentlemen. I am to transport you to the residence. If you do not speak English, I am at your disposal with 187 other languages along with their various dialects and sub-tongues. Colloquial English will do fine, thank you. Uh, this is uh, no offense, but you are a robot, aren't you? That is correct, sir. For your convenience, I am monitored to respond to the name Robbie. Nice climate you have here. High oxygen content. Oh, is that Leslie? I rarely use it myself, sir. It promotes rust. It is. That was Leslie Nielsen. That's Leslie Nielsen, huh? Wow, very young. Very young. Um, so anyway, I, Forbidden Plan is a totally uh, uncharted territory for me, so I'm glad to have seen a little bit of it, and I'll check it out. Yeah, actually, there's something about the, uh, this sounds weird, but the film quality of this movie, and I don't know if Ian said when this uh, came, I'm sorry, yeah, this is Ian, right? Yeah, if Ian said when that movie came out, but there's something like, this doesn't seem like a movie that I'd be that into, but I actually, just watching a clip of it makes me kind of want to watch the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's got a real rich quality to it, yeah. so thank you, that was really fun, and who knew Leslie Nielsen? And got then to start there. We also got a uh, email from somebody uh, named Mason who wanted to share a commercial with us. Oh yeah, this is bonkers. <laughs> Mason sent this in, and I, I, I shouted out loud after I watched it. Mason writes, "Check out this commercial for Big Mix. That's B I G G M I X X, a shitty knockoff of Honey Bunches of Oats." Two things pop out of this commercial to me. First. Big Mix seems to be trying to capitalize off the inexplicable popularity of Looney Tunes characters in the early 90s. Second, I think that lady fucked a chicken. What? Yeah, so uh, why don't you give this a play? Okay, I actually I w- watched this uh, earlier today, and I got to say, I remember this commercial. Do, do you? you? Yeah, um, I would have never been able to tell you about it, but seeing it, I remembered it. It doesn't. It didn't ring any particular bells for me. This is a, a serial commercial from back in the 90s. Um, it's all real people um, except for the Big Mix uh, mascot, which is very much a Looney Tunes style animation. It's got a chicken's body, sort of reminiscent of Foghorn Leghorn, but a very grossly outsized head that is sort of half moose, half pig. Mm-hmm. It's got a snout, it's got but a it's got snout. a moose's horns. Yeah, antlers typically uh, is what we call that. I, well, these go ha ha. <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So what you have is a bunch of shocked yokels uh, describing what they think they've seen in this sort of mountain range, like it's sort of set against in like the Rockies or something. Like it's almost like it's a Bigfoot. Yes, yes. Only it's Big Mix. Only it's Big Mix. Yeah. And so I'm assuming that the character's name is Big Mix. Yes. Yes. Okay. In the Yakima Valley lives a hungry... Oh, the Yakima Valley. It's in the Yakima Valley, which again again tells you that it's sort of a Bigfoot invoking thing. You know, I've lived here for a while. I got really excited when somebody said the Yakima Valley. Deep in the Yakima Valley lives a hungry beast with an appetite as big as... A moose. A pig. A wolf. Definitely a chicken. He's Big Mix. 
Now Kellogg's introduces Big Mix cereal, as mixed up as Big Mix himself, with oats, rice, wheat, corn, and raisins to tame the wild chicken wolf moose pig appetite in you. Now we should mention, now we're not outdoors anymore, and we see inside of a home some kid, like an 11-year-old kid, is like running down the stairs, super excited to eat his Big Mix cereal. Go to town on that Big Mix cereal. And he's moving really, really fast. It's sped up motion, and he's eating the cereal super, super fast. Part of his complete breakfast. Billy loves raisins. He's part chicken, you know. When your hunger runs wild, answer the call. So that's the kid's mom, Billy's mom. Uh, the kid's making clucking sounds while he's eating the Big Mix cereal, and she says he's half chicken, that you know. Lady fucked a chicken. I guess so. That's or could be a lab experiment gone wrong? I guess. Did these people seem like they have access to, you know, high tech labs, high tech bio? Well, labs? they would have been the he would have been the subject. I'm afraid that he, that probably she's wasn't. not the scientist. You're no, saying. they the they they paid he, this family a lot of money yeah. to see what would happen if he, they took her. He's the hap. They're the DNA. hapless subjects of this biotech experiment gone horribly awry. But you are right. The mom says at the end, he's half chicken, you know. How does that happen? Now, you know what reminded me that I've seen this commercial before is when they're doing the montage of people saying, it's, it's a pig, it's a wolf, or yeah. whatever. One of the guys is behind a chain. So he's a real, like you said, kind of a country bumpkin looking guy, kind of like a, I don't know, almost Elmer Fuddy kind of right. guy. Only, again, this is a real actor. Um, and he's shot between behind a chain link fence. Right. He almost gives me a... Like he's in Red Dawn or something. It's exactly <laughs> right. It's like the Avenge Me Boys they shot it's like, yeah, they're Red like, Dawn. But he's not doing a Harry Dean stand. No, he's instead almost doing a... You know what I mean, Vern? He's yeah. kind of doing that guy, kind of. And that is what really rang a bell for me when I watched this today. Well, I think that is bonkers. And I had I don't think I would have ever stumbled across that if no, someone hadn't sent it to me. So thank you, Mason. That was... Hilarious. Head council, it's jingle time. Last week we ran out of time to do a jingle, so we should definitely play that one today. I don't know if we can squeeze in two today or not. I'll let you be the yeah, decision maker on that. But uh, this is the one that we unfortunately had to skip last week. This is from listener Jolene. Hi, this is Jolene in Portland. So uh, every summer I think about singing this jingle and sending it in, and then I chicken out because I'm too embarrassed. But, um, you know, no time like the present. So um, pardon my terribly fake southern accent. That's the way I remember this jingle. So I'm going to sing it like that. I grew up in rural northern Michigan, and this was the jingle for the local fair. So here goes. Picture also a banjo music playing in the background. Okay. Going to the fair, going to the fair, going to the Northwest Michigan fair, going to the fair, going to the fair, going to the Northwest Michigan fair. Come from Acme, come from Bingham, call your neighbors, why not bring them? <laughs> Fun and games and a hundred events, kids and babes and ladies and gents. You can walk or drive, fly through the air, just head on out to one heck of a fair. Yay! <laughs> great is that. was that. phenomenal. Now, Jolene... Um, uh, found the original and emailed us a link to it and she also said by the way there is a town in Michigan called Acme it sounds like I'm saying acne but I'm really not 
Um, she says also, if I had taken that job in Interlock in Michigan, I might have heard of I might have heard this on the radio myself many years ago. Now the sound quality on this because it is so old is not um, the best. So you'll uh, please. Uh, Pardon the sound quality, dear listeners, but this is so great that uh, Jolene was able to find this Amazing. thing. And and you you haven't seen this yet, right? No. So this is uh, a couple of guys at the fair. One of them is dressed in drag, like uh, like I guess like like uh, the grandma from the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, they're sort like, of going for. He's wearing like an old timey woman's. Uh, you know, sort of pinafore and dress and hat. He's standing next to a taller man in a hat. They've they've got a little who's who's standing there holding a pitchfork. So there's, it's sort of half American Gothic, half something else. Yeah, let's say half American Gothic, half Mama's family. Yeah, that sounds right. Going to the fair, going to the fair, going to the Northwest Michigan Fair, going to the fair, going to the fair, going to the Northwest Michigan Fair. Coming from the south, coming from the north, August 29th, September the 4th. Coming from the west, coming from the east, lots of corn and lots of beef. Carnival rides and hundreds of events, kids and babes and ladies and gents. You can walk or drive or fly through the air, just head out to one heck of a fair. Come to the fair, come to the fair, come to the Northwest Michigan Fair. Come to the fair, come to the fair, come to the Northwest Michigan Fair. Oh my gosh, it even says 10 miles, uh, did it say 10 miles south of Traverse City? Yes. Traverse City was the um, was the city that was closest to Interlochen. That's this right, tiny, I remember tiny that. little town where I almost took the job. And I remember being there, because I, I wanted to work in a city immediately after college, and I was kind of surprised I was applying for this job in such a rural place. And I remember, um, I think the night before my official interview, but I was there, I was feeling a little bit like, I don't know, this is way more rural than I thought. Let me see what's going on in Traverse City, which seemed like a very, very small town to me. And I went into a record store in Traverse City and I said to him like, hey, just getting to know the town, applying for a job here, where's the nearest city? And they looked at me like I asked them what Big Mix is. <laughs> I swear. And they there was two of them. I think one was a customer and one worked there. And they probably knew each other. And they just looked at me and said, this is the city. They're oh, like, right. I don't know. Grand Rapids is like well, uh, five right hours name, from here. Yeah, it is. Traverse City. They had to add it. So I'm, I'm not saying that's a dunk on it. I mean, it looked like a very, very, very beautiful part of the world. But it wasn't what I was looking for. But I remember the look on their face when I was in the big city asking them yeah. where the nearest city is. Yeah, no, I it, that would have been an amazingly different life for you if you'd uh, taken that job. So do we have uh, time then for this yeah, last can we jingle? Can we do this last yeah, one just because yeah, uh, this was this was a new one on me um, and I learned about it from listener Bet, who uh, introduced me to a, a product that I missed out on as a kid. Hi, Andrew and Genevieve. It's Bet from Western New York. Um, Bet, so are you I have okay? a jingle for you guys. <laughs> Bet, what's going? I know Bet. Like Bet's been on the show quite a bit before, yeah. and um, she's a jingle all star. I've zoomed with her before, but I'm just worried about her a little bit. Bet, everything's gonna be okay. I promise. So I have a jingle for you guys. Oh boy, here we go. I remember this one from when I was a kid. Okay, splash splash. I was taking a bath, mm-hmm. chilling with my cabbage patch kid bath babies. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a oh second. Sorry. That was a little weird. Bye. So apparently they made a Cabbage Patch Kid that could go in the water. Okay. Yeah. This is ringing a bell. And there were a bunch of ads for them. They also made some that, uh, that, that, that I don't know if that's the one that Bet was singing about, but 
that actually could get tan lines, which is bananas. What? Yeah, because there's one where the kids are, you put it out in the sun and the plastic somehow changes shade. And then they show the kid taking the bikini top off of oh my one gosh. to show the tan line. And I was just like, this, everything about this is so wrong. This is such a disturbing so show that wrong. we're putting out I know today. it really is. This one's a disturbing one. We should put like a, you know, some sort of warning label on it. So want to take a listen to the original here? Yeah. Apparently this is from 1995. Every kid, Cabbage Patch kids sold separately. You can barely tell the uh, kids are saying Splash Babies or Bath Babies or whatever they're saying. Yeah, I think it's Bath Babies. Also, I do not believe that it is possible to create a hollow plastic toy that stays completely leak-proof. Oh, sure, In yeah. other words, like I know those Bath Babies had water splash washing around in them, yes. getting moldy. And eventual had, eventually had black mold yes, inside of them. Yes, those are no death traps. I had... I had a Cabbage Patch doll, but I feel like mine was like a, a second or third generation when they started doing weird things with it. Like, did Cabbage Patch dolls have like, were there animal dolls too? Um, I don't know. Maybe it was like, what was it, a half chicken boy? <laughs> well, yes. well, did you have a Cabbage Patch doll? I did. Um, they were so all the rage for a minute, and I would been I would have been the right age for it. Um, and they were very. You know, there was a lot of, there was sort of a lot of like personalization of them. I don't think every single one was unique, but they tried to sort of make it sound like it was. Mm-hmm. It was very much like there's a whole adoption yes. thing. I mean, they really built a lot of branding around it. And I remember getting one, I think I was maybe just a teeny bit too old by the time I got one to really get into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember being glad to have it. I wasn't that old, but... um it was never like I don't have like strong memories of playing with it a lot, you know, or like really bonding with it or anything. I am looking online here. I had something along the lines ah. of this. If it wasn't actually this, and it's a, yeah, Genevieve's reaction there is legit. By the Send way, it back to hell. This is something called a, a cabbage patch. Uh, was it a cabbage patch cutesy? Uh, a, a Kuzas cat. So yeah, they started making animals that were kind of in this the shape. This is an island of, of Dr. Moreau. It really shit. is upsetting. No, it really is. Look at some of these other ones oh, too. Yeah, stop. I think I had one of those, and my sister Xavier had... Alexander. What were you thinking? Oh, this is upsetting too. Now I'm just looking at somebody just posted a photo of a naked Cabbage Patch kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's very you're gonna upsetting. To, you're naked. You need to like clear, clear some, your browser history. <laughs> clear some yeah. cookies. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's uh, pretty good. I also right. had a pound puppy. Yeah, those were cute. Does anybody remember the Pound Puppy jingle? Ooh, call that one in. All I remember is, Pound Puppy, you're my one and only puppy, love. Yeah. That was it. Well, I guess nobody needs to call it in now. I got no reaction at all. I'm putting myself out there. Jeez Louise. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. I cannot remember my pound puppy's name, but it was so soft. I stand by that. That's one of the softest teddy bears I ever had, and I had, I had a few. Yeah, they were very, they were very cute and squishy. Mine was gray with black spots, I believe. Um, how can people get at us? 
they can call our voicemail line. Is it weird that like right now I'm not looking at it? I cannot tell you our phone number. I'm We've not been looking doing at this it. For it's five it's 607-444-5597. Years. 5597. How can we say that every week and me not have it memorized? I don't know. Do it again. Uh, 607-444-5597. That's amazing. You're an amazing person. Uh, also, we have uh, Gmail. You can uh, email us at After yeah. These Messages Show at Bunch Gmail. of great emails today. Thank you, yeah. guys. I was loving the, the uh, email feedback. So great to see you guys there. And also uh, incredible... like. I can't even tell you some of the stuff that's on Facebook. Like there was a whole, sh- there we could have done a whole show just Facebook today. Oh, maybe we should think about that for next week. Well, next or week we, we've we got a, we guest. Might have a special guest, and then two weeks from now, I've got an amazing surprise for you that I don't even want to tease on this show. But it's you're going to be amazing. I don't know about this. You don't know about it. What's going on? Only I know about it. Only Am me, I taking the week off? Only me and Clyde know about it, right, Clyde? Am I taking the week off? No, no. Are you and Clyde hosting the show? No. No, you guys do it. You guys do it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. You had the juice now. Oh. Hey, yo, the government is lies, son. United States of Google, Verizon. They all spies, son. I'm-